Coming up on the talk show, I got to talk to Alex Katz. He's a professional baseball player who played in the Orioles, Royals, and White Sox organizations. He also played for Team Israel in the World Baseball Qualifiers. He started a custom cleat company called Stadium Custom Kicks, and they're doing some amazing work to help minor league baseball players who are out of jobs currently. It's a super cool interview. He's a super cool guy. You're wanting to hear all about it. All that is coming up next on The Talk Show. All right. I'd like to welcome to the podcast pitcher for the Israel national team, founder of Stadium Custom Kicks, Alex Katz. Thank you for joining me. How you doing? Absolutely. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, the first question you got to ask everyone these days with COVID is, how are you doing? How's your family? How's health? All that. Yeah, everything is good. Everything's good. How about you? I'm doing awesome. Thank God. Uh, so just about me personally for a minute. My listeners know, I don't know if you do, but I lived in Israel for actually 15 years. My family is Jewish. My dad's Israeli. So I lived there from, I started in New Jersey and then moved there. So I have kind of Israel background. That's kind of what drew me to you. I was interested in hearing what you had to say. So talk about you, your early life. I know you do have some Jewish blood. Who are your parents, your schools, all that? Where are you from? Talk about that. Yeah, so I'm from Long Island, New York. Uh, about 20 miles outside of New York City. Uh, went to public high school out here. Um, went to St. John's University, which is a Division I um, baseball program and obviously university in uh, Queens, New York. Um, I was drafted after my junior year by the Chicago White Sox. Um, that was in 2015. And um, a year later, I went back or I finished up my degree, got my diploma. Um, and, you know, have been playing professional baseball ever since 2015. So uh, 15, 16, 17. So technically going into my sixth, um, sixth year, full, yeah. six full season, seventh season in total this upcoming year. And time flies. It's, it feels like I just got drafted. Um, and, you know, that's, a, that's about it. I guess we'll go a little bit deeper into my life in this podcast. Yeah. So. What's it like? I mean, for, as a professional athlete growing up, I mean, I'm assuming there are a lot of baseball camps, summer travel stuff, all that, the life of, you know, I always hear about that. What is that actually like living through that? What were some of the things you had to do, travel camps, all that going through uh, growing up as a baseball player? Yeah, I, I, I'd say maybe later into high school, that's when there was more traveling involved with uh, baseball, especially junior year when I was, you know, looking to get recruited to play college baseball. That's when we started, our travel team started traveling a lot more. Um, but for the most part, before that, it was mostly local games on Long Island. Nothing, nothing too, too crazy. Is it just me or is, are like 70% of professional athletes from Long Island? I feel like everyone's from there. Like it is such a big like sports, like they just produce professional athletes left and right now. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say a good amount. Uh, as far as baseball, a lot of pitchers come out of Long Island. Not so many hitters. You don't really Something don't really in the see water? Yeah, I guess pitchers on Long Island just throw hard, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Boomer Esaizen from Long Island, right? He's a, not a pitcher, but a quarterback. Yeah. He throws hard. <laughs> you need a, yeah, exactly. You need a good arm. So growing up, you were a big baseball fan. Did you play multiple sports or was it just baseball? Um, when did you decide, was there ever a point where you're like, okay, this is what I want to do professionally. I mean, every kid kind of thinks that in their head and then 
you know, something goes in a different direction or, or another, but when was that kind of a decision in your head? Yeah, I'd say recreationally, I played other sports like ice hockey, basketball, tennis, um, Islanders or Rangers? Uh, Islanders, Islanders. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too big of a hockey fan, but I enjoyed playing growing up a little bit. Um, but as far as, you know, playing competitively and, and, you know, taking it, taking it seriously, I'd say it was just baseball growing up. Um, were you a Met fan? Yep. Yep. All right. So how do you feel about Steve Cohen? I mean, you gotta be pretty excited now. Honestly, less, I, I was, I was a really, really big fan growing up through high school maybe a little bit into college, but definitely less of a fan now, especially when I gave up like five runs to one of the Mets minor teams <laughs> a few years ago. Who scored off you? Um, I know David Thompson hit a double off me. Um, I think it was my worst outing that whole season, but uh, it's like PTSD in my mind. I, I remember, right? I, you know? Yeah. Um, well, speaking of that, so the minor leagues, I want to talk about pre-2020 because obviously 2020, everything changed. But pre-2020, what is it like in the minor leagues? I know it's different than what people think. It is not as, you know, it's obviously a tough road. You had some really good numbers in the minor leagues coming up in the White Sox system and the Orioles and most recently the Royals. What's minor league baseball like? Definitely a grind. And, um, you know, there's a lot of players that kind of fall off a cliff towards the back end of the year, you know, especially the young, inexperienced guys. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, every player is good. Every player is there for a reason. Every player has the talent to make it to the big leagues. It's about staying consistent every day and, you know, taking 15 hour bus rides, but still performing an hour later, you know? So um, there's a lot of mental toughness and there's just a lot of maturity involved in taking care of your body. Cause you know, everybody's fresh in April and May. So what about June, July, August, September, maybe even October. Right. So that's, that's something that's around the clock, but everyone talks about, you know, the six months of the baseball season, which is a grind, but it's really the six months of the off season where you're preparing for that season that you kind of have to make your body prepared for a six month baseball season. Am I right? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a long season and um, you know, you, you're definitely preparing yourself for that season all year round. You know, you, you might rest a little bit at the end of the year, but you know, after those couple of weeks that you rest, you know, you're full throttle ahead. You're getting ready for the next year. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it. So talk about Team Israel, how you got involved with that, why you wanted to play for Team Israel and the international team. Um, what kind of made that happen and some of your experiences there? Yeah, so I, I, I really wanted to play on Team Israel in fall of 2012, which was my freshman year. Um, couple weeks into my freshman year of college um team israel was playing in the world baseball classic qualifiers down in jupiter florida and i reached out and and, you know asked if i could play on the team and they basically said they're just looking for um professional baseball players minor and major leagues and that they would you know basically follow me throughout the next few years and stay in touch and a few years later i was playing professional baseball and the qualifiers were on again, 2016. And um, as soon as I saw that email, I responded. And that was like 30 seconds after it was uh, sent, sent out. So right, um, exactly. I can imagine pretty, pretty exciting moment. I think that was like July or August of that year. So 
I was pretty pumped for the rest of that minor league season heading into the fall and uh, being part of that World Baseball Classic qualifying team. What specifically drew you to Team Israel? Yeah, so you just had to have some sort of Jewish background, whether it was one, one grandparent or, you know, you just, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're fully involved. You got bar mitzvahed, uh, you know, you go to service, whatever. Um, you know, obviously there's 25, 30 plus players on the team. Everybody has a different uh, relationship with uh, Judaism. I personally was bar mitzvahed. So, you know, I obviously felt some sort of connection to, um, to Judaism and uh, Israel, even though I'd never been to Israel at that point when I started playing for that team. But uh, fast forward a few years later, I'm currently a, a dual citizen. I made Aliyah and um, still have only visited the country twice, but the past two off seasons. Um, That's I'm awesome. not sure. Yeah. not sure about this this winter because of COVID, but right, hopefully we'll uh, for years to come, I'll, I'll pay a visit there. Yeah, well, I was there, um, I, like I said, for 15 years, dual citizen as well. Um, my dad's from there. Then he actually moved to Long Island, so kind of similar uh, places. Did you overlap with Dean Kramer in the Orioles system in 2018? We didn't play together with the Orioles, um, but no, he's he's one of my friends, and we obviously played together or played together on Team Israel. Right, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely someone who – it looks like he might have a serious career ahead of him, uh, right? I mean, he looked pretty good this year, shortened season. Everyone, some people got great opportunities. I guess he was one of them. It looked like he took advantage of it. Oh, yeah. No, he's going to be, he's going to be, you know, a good player for the Orioles for years to come. And he's going to have a, a, you know, really long and prosperous career. So I consider myself a fake sneakerhead. I love kicks and all that, but I'm not really a sneakerhead because, I don't really have any cool shoes, but um, actually the coolest pair of cleats I just got, I just got like the retro Jordan one with cleats at the bottom. So that I was kind of proud of, but other than that, I like kicks and I keep up with it. And you obviously are a sneakerhead. You started this company stadium custom kicks through playing in team Israel. That's when you started wearing, I guess, custom cleats, correct? Yeah. So basically I just wanted a pair of cleats for myself for the world baseball classic and turn into a little side business. Um, you know, just, you know, a few years later, we currently have 15 artists working for us. So um, definitely has grown over the years, but pretty much just started as, you know, kind of a joke at first, but uh, you know, turned into a legitimate business over the years. When did you make that transition? When did you realize, Oh my God, people want this. I know Rob ref Snyder was involved and a bunch of other stuff. How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, once MLB started allowing more major league players to wear, and obviously I, I know a good amount of big leaguers and guys I played with in the minor leagues, currently in the big leagues, and it's just, it's really a small world. I, I knew I had the connections to really grow the business. Um, so between my connections and word of mouth, because obviously people you know know people that know people that you don't personally know. Um, you know, it, it's just like a it's like a domino effect kind of and that's really you know we never went viral we never just blew up but we'd have grown steadily over the years which is great what you're doing now is something really cool i read the daily news article about you and what your company is doing to help provide for minor league baseball players um, obviously with 2020 and covid i imagine it's very tough on minor league players you are actually rostered for the entire 2020 season officially i don't know if you played 
Um, that is correct, right? You were rostered through with the Royals. Yeah, so I was on the double A roster, which is most likely where I would have been where I would have played if there was a, a if season, there actually right. was a season. But uh, unfortunately, I never got to throw a pitch for the for the Royals. Um, currently a free agent, so right. Um, that was an interesting tenure with them. And what w- were you at their um, spring training or no? Yeah, so I was at spring training for two weeks, um, and then it got shut down. So I only got to throw two bullpens, two 15 pitch bullpens, not even to any hitters or anything. So uh, pretty frustrating, especially coming off um coming off surgery because i had surgery august of 2019 so i only played a third of this the year before um and i was fully healthy i was excited for a full season then obviously got shut down so i imagine there are a lot of minor league athletes minor league baseball players in similar to positions as you and that probably is what prompted you to start this program so tell me a little bit about this program that you've been doing with your company and with the minor league baseball players, with the help of obviously some major league baseball players. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to take all the credit. I don't, I don't want to take most of the credit. I'd say most of the credit goes to the organization called more than baseball, uh, which is run by a few of my friends, current, current and former minor and major league baseball players. And um, they basically just give back to the baseball community, specifically minor leaguers, minor leaguers in need. Um, you know, they, they're just, it's just a well-rounded charity that, that, you know, helps people that need help. It's not, some people might think that it's a charity that kind of fights ownership to pay players more, but I think it's the total opposite. This charity works hand in hand with major league baseball organizations just to make the lives of uh, minor leaguers better from uh, financial counseling to finding, helping players find jobs in the off season, find jobs post-playing that's definitely a, a tough transition for players because they've been playing their whole life to now go into the real world. Um, host family, all that kind of stuff. Um, they do some amazing work. They even had a, a grocery shopping program for when players got sent home to make sure players um, could afford to pay for, for food. Um, you know, so I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what they do. And I, I thought uh, that we could raise some money for them to help fellow minor leaguers through, um, getting some big league all-star caliber players to rock custom some custom cleats and then having them auctioned off at the end of the season. And the cool thing was that major league baseball actually partnered with us and they're the ones that ran the auction and all the logistics for, um, for the auction and raising the, raising the funds for the charity. Oh, that's amazing. So that's incredible work and congratulations to you guys on that. Um, what I would say is that obviously you said it's a little bit at times it seemed like maybe there was, you know, a conflict between major leagues and that program, but major league baseball needs the minor league players. As you said, you don't want these players falling through the cracks because they can't afford to play minor leagues. Who knows how many great athletes were out there that were lost because they were in the minor leagues trying to, you know, cut it and they just couldn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, my, my business same custom kicks, um, it allows me to keep playing. You know, at the end of the day, like you can't, you can't really make, you don't, you, I'd say, I can't say you can't because, you know, obviously some minor leaguers are paid uh, pretty well, but you know, me personally, especially in New York, New York's not a cheap place to live. Um, having the kicks business allows me to keep chasing my dream. That's awesome. So 
what was minor league baseball like this year? So I assume they send you home and then do you just not hear from them for six months? What was that like for minor league baseball players in 2020? Yeah. I mean, we basically had zoom, we had zoom calls weekly, at least for the first few months, uh, less towards the end of the summer. But um, one of, one of the Royals coaches and a fellow minor leaguer actually pretty local. So we actually met up every week and, and threw together. So um, I think I, I believe I improved over the summer, obviously, um, you know, wish I got a full season of playing games, but um, at the end of the day, I can't really complain because the pandemic was affecting the whole world and, and everybody. So I can't feel like I got singled out one bit. What's your favorite personal sneaker? Um, I honestly think I'm a bigger cleat head than sneaker head. I have okay. a good, I have a good amount of, a good amount of shoes. Uh, right here this might be one of my favorite pairs but i'm too scared to wear it it's like a shoe that i just want to display has a saint john's logo on the back and saint john's navy and red colorway um i think i told myself like the first time i ever sit courtside at a saint john's basketball game i'll wear those exactly but no i've been to probably 80 almost 100 saint john's basketball games never sat (laughs) never had them out yet yeah never had those goods never had the courtside seats but uh Maybe one day when I could afford some course side seats, I'll rock them. Right. Yeah. Well, that would be awesome. And it looks like you're headed that direction with the company as it grows. I'm going to take a quick break from Alex to talk about Anchor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right, just a few questions. So, growing up, you got the Vladimir Vladimir Guerrero jersey behind you. Who was your favorite baseball player growing up? I think Billy Wagner was one of my favorite players. Um, crazy story, which which happened last week regarding Billy Wagner. So, there was a customer that ordered shoes from our website, meaning like they didn't they didn't actually message us. They just went on our website and ordered, and um, it said William Wagner. And this was month. This was months ago, but we didn't have their we their size was sold out. So I, you know, I tried messaging them via email, and didn't get a response. And I thought maybe something happened to this person. I was I was going to send them a refund. Uh, when I was looking at obviously our our logs, whatever you know our records, and I saw that the order wasn't fulfilled. And then I realized like this person never got in touch with us. So I looked at the receipt and I found the person's phone number because obviously uh, when the person goes to order their email and their phone number and are sent to us. So I texted the person. I said, William, uh, what size shoe do you want? Um, I just want to, or William, I want, just want to make sure that you got my prior messages. They must've went to spam or something, but you know, we got the size down and sent the order. And, and then a week later, I remember like this guy lives in this state. William or Billy is short for William. This is Billy Wagner who I've been talking to this whole time. When did that so click like, for you? Like not like days, maybe a week later, which is crazy. Cause like, this is one, this is obviously one of the, you know, lefty pitcher about my height. This is played on the Mets. 
the team that I grew up watching. You know, exactly. this is one of my favorite players growing up. And this was a customer who for months I was trying to figure out what, what their story is, why they're not answering me. <laughs> so have you had the chance to have an interaction with him where he put that together as well? I actually talked to him in the past on social media, on Twitter. So, um, but no, I haven't texted him now that I have his number. I haven't texted him anything yet. I want to make sure that he enjoy that he likes the shoes before you start before messaging I, him. Yeah. Before I put my name out there. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. So pitching is the game within the game, right? Because you said you grew up, you don't become a pitcher if you didn't love pitching. So it makes sense. Your favorite player was a pitcher, but the game within the game, there's the cat and mouse game. There's the different pitches. Um, obviously, if you know what pitch is coming, it ruins the whole game, Houston Astros. But what is your favorite pitch to throw? I the slider. Um, slider. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of my best pitches. Not just my best pitch, but I think it's one of the best pitches in baseball. You see hanging curveballs get smashed. You see hanging changeups that are left up in the zone get smashed. You see fastballs get hit 500 feet. You don't really see guys hit sliders too often. Even if it's a bad slider, you still see guys whiffing on it. Yeah, that's. I think a slider is one of the best pitches out there. It looks so much like a fastball coming out of the hands. So you would say you throw it again like a lefty. So you're throwing down and in to a right-handed batter at his back right foot. I would say. Uh, not always. Sometimes, sometimes back door, meaning like it'll right, start yeah. in the lefty batter's box and end up on the back on the corner. And righties hardly ever swing at it because it looks like yep. a pitch way out of the zone. CC Sabathia mastered that in the later half of his career, I would say, when he was a little bit older and he didn't have the 98 fastball anymore. He was throwing that backdoor slider, almost always first pitch strike. Just It's just shocks you. It looks way outside and just hits that outside corner. He was great at that pitch. What was your first moment that was like a pinch yourself moment for you when either in the minors or with someone that an athlete that you spoke to, like you talked about with Billy Wagner, but you know, some athlete that knew who you were, recognized you that you realized like, Hey, I kind of made it. Um, I don't think I ever had that. I made it moment. I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll have that until I make it to the big leagues. Right. Um, okay. I don't know. I, it might just be my mentality that I'm not content. That That's... I'm just never content. Um, I mean, at the same time, you still have to look back and see how far you came, but um Maybe my first day in spring training at the White Sox, walking through the major league side. Actually, not my first day. I'd say the day that I backed up a major league baseball game. Um, so in, in, in spring training, there's obviously minor league spring training and major league spring training. Most of the teams have it together at the same complex, sometimes even the same building. So with the White Sox, it's one big building. And obviously one half is major league, one half is minor. But it's still pretty separate. You know, guys aren't really interacting with each other too much. And there's like a doorway between. So um, I'd say at the midway point of minor league spring training, I got invited to play on the major league team for a game. It was White Sox versus Dodgers, a weekend game. So it was sold out because obviously Dodgers fans are driving, taking that short trip over to Arizona. And it was Clayton Kershaw versus Chris Sale. So crazy matchup of Cy Young, Cy Young, Cy Young caliber um, pitchers, yeah. pitchers. And I was in the bullpen for it. And so, both lefties. So yeah, both yeah, lefties. Yep. Um, so obviously um, when you back up to the major league game, you get to eat breakfast and lunch with the big leaguers in their cafeteria. So I think um, going in there and 
uh, grabbing my food and seeing Jose Abreu, Chris Sale, Todd Frazier, all these guys I grew up watching, um, just walking in casually and eating food. I think that was a pretty crazy feeling. And um, that might have been the moment that I that I, I really felt like, you know, like I'm one, I'm one of them, you know, like I could play, I could play with them. Are there any of those guys that you currently have a relationship with? Um, I think, I don't think I even talked to most of those guys that day. I mean, I as imagine. a young, young 21 year old, you know, who hasn't played above, you know, rookie ball short season. Um, you do, you do kind of feel out of place in the beginning, but I, I did talk. I think I sat down with Todd Frazier a few times. I was going to um, say at that, that table. And no, we, I talked to Todd Frazier, but ne- never, never really create a relationship where like, you know, we became friends, but you know, I'm sure he would recognize me if he saw me. Todd seems like just an incredible guy. Just as a, from a fan's perspective, he seems awesome. Like watching him as a Yankee when he was on the Yankees for just a short period, but I wanted him to keep him. I loved him. So I'm assuming he's the same in person. Oh yeah. No, he's a super friendly guy. Um, so who would you say is, I guess, the greatest teammate you played with, whether it was in college or in the majors, someone who now is a name that's like, oh, that was my guy. I was teammates with him. That's tough. That's tough. Hmm. So crazy, cra- like a kind of crazy story. When I was with the White Sox, uh, 2017, I was traded to the Orioles that May. Um, I was traded for international money, which was then used to sign Luis Robert. Um, and then I got re-signed by the White Sox a few years later in 2019. And uh, we were actually teammates together um, for a few weeks, but I, I never mentioned that to him. Like, hey, I was traded. I was so traded for you. Yeah, exactly. So if he he had a choice of a few teams, so I, sometimes I wonder if he chose a different team. I wonder if I still would have been traded. Right. That, that's fair. You'll, you'll you'll never know. But, yeah, but you uh, could say it's an interesting. It's an interesting thought for sure. Yeah, I was traded for Luis Robert. I mean, that's kind of cool. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, hopefully, you know, maybe maybe he'll say he uh, he he got signed so Alex Katz could get traded. I don't exactly. Know. But <laughs> no, I I say that because obviously he's a great player, and um, he signed that deal, so he's going to be in the you know big leagues with the White Sox for a while. But he was getting comparisons to Trout and stuff like that, so um, that's kind of cool. Well, it's early and Trout is definitely a bit of a, you know, a reach for anyone, even the great players. He's one of the greatest. Oh, yeah. greatest. I mean, you could, you could still be a hall of fame caliber player, but not be at Mike Trout's level. Yeah. He's the greatest player I've ever seen. And I mean, personally, I've seen him in person. I got lucky. I actually saw him in Baltimore and Camden Yards a couple of times. I had some good seats and got to see him play. He's built different. He's just a different athlete than every yeah. other athlete. I mean, I've seen LeBron James play in person, Aaron Rodgers, So all different sports. And then when you see a guy like, uh, and even like Sidney Crosby at hockey, but when you see a guy like Mike Trout, it's something's different about him than anyone else. Oh yeah. I'm actually going to answer that last question, that previous question again. Um, probably the best hitter I pitch against was uh, Juan Soto, 2018. Oh, yeah. uh, he might be the best hitter in, um, in the major leagues right now. Like He's obviously tw- Trout is the, you know, most well-rounded player, but so Juan Soto's up there. He might be the best definitely pure hitter in the game. Um, and he's he's batting uh zero 
for two against me. Okay, so you're saying you were the lefty special. You're his, you know, you're his Achilles heel. You're the guy who they bring in when they need to get him out. <laughs> yeah. So if any any major league teams having trouble getting him out, call me in. And most major league teams, I would say 29 major league teams are having trouble getting Juan Soto out. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he couldn't. He. he uh, I struck him out once, and he flew out to left field to end the game. Yeah. Uh, so- the second time. So I've seen him in person. I saw him hit a home run in the playoffs actually against the Dodgers at Nationals Park. I actually asked Clayton Kershaw for a selfie. He is my favorite pitcher growing up, even though I'm a Yankee fan, but my favorite pitcher was always Clayton Kershaw. I love that, just that big swooping curveball. It just kind of drops the way he moves his cutter and slider. They play off each other so well. Um, but I asked him to take a selfie. He said no. It was the middle of a playoff game. It was kind of oh, wow. reasonable. But <laughs> but still, I got to see Juan Soto hit one out at Nationals Park. So that was kind of cool. I'm a big broadcasting guy. I love listening to the games. Like when I watch them, I I'll sometimes turn on a specific broadcast. Like my favorite is Gary, Keith and Ron who do the Mets games. Yep. Is there anyone you specifically like to listen to? Yeah. I mean, I, I think Gary, Keith and Ron are one of the best broadcast, the best, the best yeah. broadcast duo out there. I think, uh, I think they were actually, it was actually, they were actually voted on or won that won that award for, um, being the best duo in in the major leagues. Well, then, but, um, Joe Bob. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of there's a ton of uh, great broadcasters out there, but they're definitely at the top. All right, um, a little bit of a longer question because we talked about the game and baseball and growing the game and some of the things that it's done a little bit the old fashioned way um, with you know trying to help players stay in the game. What is a way that we can make the game more fun that you think you're kind of in it? You see it from a minor league baseball perspective, a way that we can attract the best athletes to want to come. It's more of a grind. You have to sit through years in the minors. What's a way that we can attract players to be, you know, to choose baseball over the other sports? It's tough. That's a great question. Um, I mean, in basketball and football, you go right from college to the highest level. Um you know, that's, I think that's why college basketball, college football are so big because you follow players and then they're right on the biggest stage. Um, college baseball isn't as big as those other sports, even though baseball is the number one game in, in the country is because you don't hear about these players for many years until they get to the top. Um, I don't know from a, from a participation standpoint, um, it's tough because major league baseball shortened the draft by 20 rounds. There's exactly. only you no know, yeah. half the amount of players are going to be drafted from, for the next, you know, for how many years to come. So there's going to be less opportunities out there. So it, they already had it tough in, in the past because um, you know, you have to go through a minor league system and only a small percentage of players even make it all the way through to the major leagues. And on top of that, now with half the players getting the opportunity to even make it to the to minor leagues it's tough. It's tough. I think participation for baseball, at least at the highest level, because there are many very good baseball players, you know, who are playing minor league baseball who could have played other sports. Um, And unfortunately, maybe for years to come, you're going to be seeing those players choose sports other than baseball. So um, I can't really answer that question. I don't know. I don't know how to solve that problem. The way I would solve a problem is to give more opportunities for players. So another thing that's been happening similar to that is a lot of guys are waiting like yourself to sign a contract, try and figure out what the next step is going to be. 
and not only you, you're in good company. I mean, DJ LeMay, who still isn't signed, it's January. Um, a lot of guys like that. What do you think is happening? The market has definitely slowed. We see more teams, uh, you know, dumping salary. Obviously, the league has taken a big financial hit this past year. What do you think is the next step to kind of try and help that process? Yeah, I mean, personally, uh, you know, I don't put myself in the DJ LeMahieu category. I don't have people offer me 30, you know, 100, $150 million to play on them. Um, maybe one day, but not there yet. I hope um, so. No, I think the I think the market changes every year, especially with this pandemic. Some teams have money, some teams don't have money. So uh, who knows? So you're obviously, you didn't come this far just to get this far. Your dreams and goals are still ahead of you. I could tell during this conversation, you're, to de- determine to stay in major league baseball or in minor league baseball. What is your goal? What would you tell teams that are kind of looking into you right now? What are, what are your aspirations as a baseball player? Yeah. Make it to the big leagues and, and stay in the big leagues. It's not just to get there and, you know, have a cup of coffee and that's it. Um, at the end of the day, I have played with plenty of minor league baseball players who are just satisfied getting drafted and playing a little bit in the minor leagues, but you know, there's so many players I play with and obviously every, every human is different. Everybody has different goals and aspirations. Um, you know, but you just said, you basically just said what, what mine are, make it to the top and have a, have a long career. Right. So that's awesome. I think like your mindset so far, what I could see is you're determined. You're like, okay, I will not, you know, I'm not going to be deterred from this, which is awesome. That's the mindset you have to have. Like you said, it's a grind. It's minor league baseball. Um, but listen, I wish you the best of luck with that. I definitely hope you're obviously a great guy. And in a sense, I feel like your numbers were good. And in a sense, I feel like it's, there's a matter of luck involved in it. Like I was talking to a bunch of people today, you know, I want to, I like talking about sports and all that, but you get noticed sometimes, sometimes you get lucky and you have a good day and the right scout is there. I feel like that's part of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I I know plenty of guys who got signed based on one game because that scout saw them that one game and they did very well. Um, and that's all it takes sometimes show them what you're capable of doing, you know, performing once is not going to get you to the top, but it will get you opportunities. Exactly. Uh, and what I learned Same, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, me as a, as a free agent right now, trying to get signs, you know, all it takes is one really good, you know, one really good bullpen session to, you know, catch some eyes and, and get an opportunity, but obviously to make it to the big leagues, you got to show, um, you know, show that talent and that ability that you have day in, day out. It has to be on a consistent basis because you can't just show flashes to be the best. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. Um, if you want to plug any of your stuff, I know you got the cleats, you have your work. Talk about some of that stuff and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, so pers- personal uh, social media handles at Kitty Elgato 12 and then um, – Stadium Custom Kicks, just at Stadium Custom Kicks on Instagram and Stadium CK on Twitter because they don't allow that many characters. <laughs> How do we donate to this fund? Yeah, I mean, more than baseball, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure on their website, mtb.org, I believe. Um, you could just search more than baseball on Google. Um, they, they most likely, 99.9% chance have a... a a section or a link on their website where you could donate as far as our um, cleat program where big leaguers are wearing the cleat and they're getting auctioned off. um, Just, you know, stay tuned to our social media pages. 
um, throughout the season and uh, MLB is going to be part of it again. They'll be auctioning off the cleats and uh, you know, some of the, some of the cleats go for a high price depending on the player. Um, but you know, there are definitely some cleats that are, that don't go for as high. So there's, there's somewhat affordable for most, for, you know, a good amount of fans. All right. Awesome. Well, keep up the great work. Uh, I hope to see you in the big leagues soon. And I look forward to all that. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks to Alex Katz for coming on. I had a great time with him. Fascinating interview. If you want to donate to the company we talked about, the link is in the description of this episode. So go do that. You'll be helping a great cause. I got some great stuff coming up this week. So look out for all those episodes. Until then, here's Jovi. See ya. Can't